0: Elite defender Jordan Poole Blasting goes up and dunked it A drive and a dunk and he got fouled as well Poole with 31 Sitting down Gritting his teeth So we're awaiting our post game Guest I believe we're going to get Jordan Poole Jordan Poole Gonna put the headset on for us. Warriors with a seven-point win, one hundred fifteen to one hundred and eight. First, we have to get ready. He has to loop the towel over the head. Then we put the the headset on over the towel, and now he's ready to go.
1: Let me see your hands. I see yours. <laughs> hey, uh, yep. let me see one of those, champ. Let me see one of those, hey, big brother. Big yeah. to He's He's
0: trying, trying to get a ball to throw He's it to the here. crowd. All right. So, so uh, Jordan, you know, coming off the bench is a different deal than starting. Tell me uh, what it was like for you tonight. You get the early call with Stephen foul trouble. And, and uh, give me your thought process on the whole evening. Um, I kind of was in the row
1: a little bit last year um, towards the end of the season. Maybe. Got to come off and just continue to be aggressive. I think uh, all of the coaches uh, did a really good job of just letting me know that, you know, even though it's a little bit of a road change, they still need me to be me. Came out and I was able to provide a nice little punch today. Uh, And then we continued to pull out a
0: a pretty big win. Yeah, a nice win. the a workman-like win against Miami. Miami's a very disciplined team. But uh, I wanted to ask you about one of your teammates he he's been playing so well all year. Give me your thoughts on what you've seen this year from Andrew Wiggins.
1: Oh, uh, Wiggs, man, he's playing phenomenal. He's playing phenomenal, man. He's playing at an all-star level right now, and I think everybody knows that. And continue to have him come out and dominate the way he does, offensively and defensively, night in and night out of juice for us. And it's a big part to why we've been so successful this year.
2: The efficiency tonight, Jordan, was off the charts, 32 points on 17 shots. Uh, the more minutes you get throughout the course of year and even last year, does the game continue to slow down for you?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's coming with a lot of opportunity, um, being able to see different coverages, uh, see different reads. The coaches are also allowing me to continue to learn out there and make mistakes on the court, um, and that's really, really pivotal for is there you know, one s- development. I'm sorry, Jordan. So, is there one
2: situation you can pinpoint, like on offense, that earlier on in your career maybe seemed really fast or gave you some troubles, <laughs> and now you've seen it enough times, you're like, I know what's coming, I know how to handle this? Everything. <laughs>
1: everything seemed really fast my first year slowed down a little bit my second year Uh, especially this year being able to go out there and earlier on playing like 30 minutes or so a game I was able to kind of really 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 uh, get a chance to look at the coverages that the defenses are in and uh, it helps to have Draymond and Steph and Andre and everybody in Loon and Otto and Belly and these guys kind of just teaching me through it and they're seeing stuff that I'm not seeing and they'll teach me on the court and I can literally come apply it to the next possession and uh, it's huge.
0: Well, as we let you go, two things. What you, we may have to call you gritty, Jordan Poole, the way you're gritting your teeth on that dunk. That was pretty cool, actually. Though. Yeah, uh,
1: I had my retainer in, so they didn't, rub, they didn't. I didn't rub my enamel off.
0: Hey, and look, <laughs> you want to hear a? a Welcome a, back, boy. You want to hear a sick number? Talk to you me. guys have handed out 78 assists over the last two games. 78. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's Crazy. huge. Man, just being able to move the ball, it shows how selfish we are as a team, and we want to see everybody be successful, and we just want to get the best shots that we possibly can get.
0: You had five assists to go with your 32 points, 12 of 17 in the field. Thank you for coming by and sharing your time as always. Great to see you back on the hardwood and having fun. No problem. Appreciate it. Thanks, Jordan. Jordan Poole, our guest, 150-108, your final Warriors with the win. They go to a league-best 29-7. We mentioned Jordan Poole. He had 32, but the number that jumps off the page, 39 assists again after a 39-assist night in Salt Lake City, 78 assists in two games. Uh, for Golden State, 32 for Poole, 22 for Wiggins, 14 for Gary Payton, the second. Curry only had nine. Last time he did not score at least to 10 was a game in which he was injured. He had nine points in a loss to Phoenix. That was when he collided with Aaron Baines on a drive and injured his wrist and was out for basically the rest of the year. And uh, the Warriors are now 24-27. and 27. In the 51 games where he has scored less than 10, Miami really spirited effort. You know, tip your hat to the heat. Jimmy Butler played 28 minutes, at 22 points left with an ankle injury. We hope he's okay. We did not get anything further on that. 19 for Caleb Martin, 18 for Tyler Hero. He was 7 of 23 from the floor, 16 for Kyle Lowry, and 14 off the bench for Kyle Guy. Eric Spolster went only eight players deep, so we did not see Mario Chalmers. Haywood Highsmith or Nick Stauskas, who were the only other three players that were available to Miami tonight. So not not the best game we'll see the Warriors play, but but they did enough to win, and that's all you need to do on a night like tonight. And then they go back on the road for two in Dallas and New Orleans. Just keep chalking them up under the
2: W column. 29-7. That's, 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 that's pretty good. It is uh, damn good. Look, they're, really, they're a really good basketball team. We know that. Uh, The assists, though, are just – that – when I was talking about teams having personalities, if an assist can be a personality, uh, just one word, that would be it for the Warriors. Because that encompasses ball movement, player movement, unselfishness. And that's what this team has been about uh, since Steve's taken over. The offense is a beautiful thing to watch. Everyone shares the ball. Everyone wants to get a good shot. Everyone wants everyone to be involved. And I thought it was pretty impressive, too, at the end of the game. You know, Steph could have probably tried to get it, get off a shot just to get to double digits. He didn't. Nope. He gave the, he ball, to the, pool. He gave yep. the ball to Poole because Poole was the guy that had it going on. And he went and stood in the corner. And that kind of shows you where Steph's at right now. Like 8, 9, 10, whatever. It doesn't, it's not It's not a huge, huge deal. You're probably not going to find many games in Steph Curry's career where 10 other players made more three-pointers than he did in a given game. Wow. 10. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you needed two because Steph only had one tonight. And I think a lot of it, you know, you said reverse psychology. I think you're probably on to something a little bit. Because I'm not sure that's I'm not sure Spolster said, "Hey, our game plan is going to be reversed." <laughs> oh, but well, the it, way they're playing it, it, it ended up being that way because it's like he was so wide open on some of those threes. Those are those are money and money in the bank when he comes off the screen and the big guy it doesn't jump out at him. But it is obviously he said, "Well, you know what? We're going to make you make a few of those because we're not giving you all the uh, the dump ins. We're not giving you all the." layups, at easy two-point layups, and they really didn't. They only gave up a couple of those throughout the course of the game, but those are shots that Steph just in his sleep hits, and he just couldn't get it going. But I do I do think you're on to something after a while that he kept coming off, well, and he's like, well, what the heck? I'm still wide open. I can't make
0: these? It might have been that their game plan was, okay, if, if Steph comes off a screen, we're not going to send bodies after him and let them get layups or dunks. Let's make them beat us from the outside. And, you know, the problem for Miami was, obviously, A, they don't have their personnel, but also B, the fact that that Jordan Poole got going and Wiggins got going, and and that set the tone for them. Yeah,
2: and I tell you what, that, that you got to have a strong constitution to have that as your game plan because I couldn't do that. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't leave Steph out there shooting threes where there's uh, no one within two or three feet of him. But, again, Poole came up big. Wiggins came up big. Draymond, 13 assists, eight rebounds tonight. Uh, just a nice team effort. And you could say that about this team almost every night, whether Steph's rolling or not. Usually he is, but even if he's not, it's – just a solid team effort. They all pitch in. They all do a little something. I thought they did a real nice job with the turnovers. They only had 12 turnovers. Although there were a couple that drove Steve crazy. That was pretty fun. One made him drop his head. Fail the failed <laughs> LAU pretty pass. Sure, pretty sure it wasn't fun for him, but okay. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Yes. And the one that Steph kind of threw a lob pass down at the other end of his oh, court. Yeah. That got picked up. That's where it had him just kind of walking aimlessly up the sideline. <laughs> staring out <at him laughs> into the I space. thought he was going to walk out of the building or something, just keep walking by the heat bench. Gonna going to <laughs> stop just walking? Uh, but for the most part, I mean, 12, you can even definitely live with that. They forced 18, uh, forced Lowry into eight turnovers, so did a good job on that end as well. So just a nice win. Nice win when you play a heat team. It's going to be tough. Uh, they're going to make it hard on you. Uh, they are mentally tough. Again, when I think of the Heat, mentally tough, physically tough, but more mentally tough. They're just going to dig in and make it hard on you, and that's what they did. They just kept coming, kept coming, and, you know, lost by seven, but, you know, this game, it, it points during the game. you looked at and said it could have easily been a 20-point game where the Heat or the Warriors get rolling and Steph hits a few shots. He didn't, but give the Heat a lot of credit. Give Spolst a lot of credit. He's a, he's a tremendous coach.
0: Tremendous coach, and, and, you know, like the Warriors, they, they kind of you know, rely on their culture, and their culture tonight was, you know, hey, we're going to gut this out. We're the Miami Heat. We're not going to back away and and, uh, and just let this team run, you know, over us. We're going to get out there and fight them, and, and that's, that's why they're, you know, always, almost always a team you have to worry about to come out of the Eastern Conference because they're like that, and so you know I, I think it's it's they're a, a really great dedicated organization to what they do and and they don't let anybody or any style of play you know shape them they're going to play the way they want to play
2: well just to give people an idea of, of what that culture uh, entails and this goes back to riley uh, when riley was coaching there and i don't know if they still do the same things but the, the, the the story will kind of illuminate what makes them tough and, and, and mentally into it. Uh, back when I played, our shoot-arounds for the Golden State Warriors when I was with uh, with Nellie, you'd come up, nobody would tape, and you'd shoot around a little bit, maybe 15, 20 minutes. And then we'd do a couple shooting games, uh, maybe split off into four teams or two teams and do some shooting games. And then we would walk through. Four or five different plays from the other team, and go through those plays and what coverages we wanted to do, how we wanted to play them, all that kind of stuff. And then after that, you know, forty-five minutes later, Nelly would say, "Okay, break." And if you wanted to, you could shoot around a little bit more. Maybe if you weren't getting much time, you could work on some uh, individual stuff with an assistant coach. The Heat taped. Oh yeah, for shoot around, they would be in a full lather at the end of their shoot-around, because they would get after it for an hour, hour and 15, sometimes even an hour and a half uh, before games. And that's what they would do all season long. Tape for shoot-arounds, come ready to play. And you do that enough times, your mentality is going to be every time you show up on a basketball court, you are taped, and you are ready for battle. You are ready to do You're ready to get after it. And it always amazed me because that was so foreign to me. Like, wow, you guys tape during, during shooter rounds. It's crazy because no other team did that. It's almost like a European team. Yeah, the way they approach practice. But that yeah. was Pat Riley. Yep. That's the way they got after it. And you can still see that even today, even 20 years later, you can see that in the Miami Heat. They're taped. They're ready for business.
0: The only difference is you don't get the elbow and the head from Alonzo Morning or
2: something. You don't get the elbow and the head. You don't get the uh, maybe the grease lick from Riley's hair. Other than that, <laughs> things are pretty much the same. <laughs> did you ever ask him about his hair? I did not. Oh, okay. I, I, didn't. I had a chance to talk to Riley quite a bit when I was broadcasting at ESPN. We did a lot of their games, and he was a really cool guy, a really, really cool guy. He talked about uh, some of his Kentucky days, playing, at the, playing with the Wildcats and Lakers, really enjoyed him. Uh, but boy, you could tell it was interesting because I remember him growing up as a coach of the Lakers and he was a Showtime Lakers had the suits and the slick back hair, you know, the Gordon Gecko hair, all that kind of stuff. Green is good. Yeah, exactly. And then he goes to New York and it's anything but Showtime. I mean, it is just rock them, robots. I mean, these guys are getting after it. And I was like, wow, that's so different. But the more you talk to Riley, you realize Riley was more like that Nick team than he was that Laker team. I know it was Showtime, but that's because Magic was there. But they still, if people remember the Lakers, they were physical too, and that was a different era as well where you could clothesline somebody and only give up two free throws. But he was much more a Knicks guy, like a Knicks guy. Like when you think of Riley, like scrappy, but if it just fight you and get after it and maybe throw a few punches, a few knees, just gonna be super tough, maybe a little dirty. That was that was, that was Riley. That that's who he was. You know, when Riley was coaching, uh, he and Jim
0: Barnett were roommates with the San Diego Rockets, so we would always get Pat Riley for an interview. Jim could would you? always get him for
2: an interview. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Really- yeah, I always liked him. Yeah. He just seemed like a really, really cool guy, and a, just a scrapper, an absolute scrapper. But when he was coaching the Lakers, that's the last thing you'd think of a scrapper, right? You know, you think of Wall Street guy, you know, the jackets, the hair, suave, the Showtime Lakers, all that kind of stuff. But that but, really wasn't who he was. Do you remember Pat O'Brien? I do. Okay, yep. So Pat O'Brien uh, it was this was this is from the thirty for thirty on
0: Celtic Lakers. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, so good. So. Pat O'Brien going to his producer saying, hey, we should do a thing on, you know, Pat Riley's hair and how people are doing their hairstyle. And the producer kind of looked at him. And he goes, "Then I realized, oh, yeah, my hair is just like Pat Riley.
2: (laughs) 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 So they couldn't do the feature. Oh, God. Well, who do we have? We had Steve Lavin. That had the Riley hair. Right. Yeah Randy, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, Randy. How about Randy Fund? Oh, Randy Fund. Randy Fund had the Riley hair, too.
0: Randy Fund had a 2-0 lead on the Phoenix Suns one year in the first round. Remember, they weren't very yes. good. Yes, And Phoenix Phoenix came back and won like three in a row. But, oh, well.
2: Yeah, I mean, there were a few guys that had the Riley uh, Riley hair back then. Although nothing was better uh, since we are drifting further and further away from the I think uh, RC uh, was, as the, a the child the Warriors had Riley the Warriors, hair. The Warriors, no, no, he didn't even <laughs> have hair. He was bald his whole life through, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite hairstyle. Saved a lot of money on haircuts. My favorite <laughs> hairstyle in the NBA as far as coach or coaches go was back when I played. That's back when coaches decided uh, they were going to get perms. Oh, Stan Alba. Stan Alba. Oh, yeah. Doug Collins. Doug Collins, yeah. Dick Versace, or oh, Versace oh, if you ask him. Yeah. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the Versace story Versace
0: was an assistant to Chuck
2: Daly on the bad boys yep, exactly. Yeah exactly yeah there's so many guys Mike Fratello. Oh it was like you guys need to really stop His perm weighed more than he did so <laughs> that's a... <laughs> But
0: what I'll Dick give Versace. you the quick Versace story
2: yes. uh Scotty Skiles told me this when I'm playing uh, for the Orlando Magic uh, when he was with Indiana, for stace was an assistant with the uh, Indiana Pacers. I believe he might have been. I actually was the head he was a coach. Head coach head yeah, because yeah. I remember him telling me one time uh, when I was, like, uh, putting my, uh, my uh, leg into Rick Smith's butt and had him posting up at 17 feet. How's he's that like, for a visual image, he, everybody? He's like, he can't do that. He can't do that. <laughs> I say, well, like, apparently I can. Uh, oh. So anyway, Skiles told me that he used to sit in first class with the players. And most coaches would give all the first class seats to the players and sit in, right. the, in the bulkhead. Right. Right behind first class. Well, apparently Versace didn't. And uh, the waitress was coming through and asking everybody what did they want to eat. And this was before everybody flew charter. We flew first class. Those of us that had seniority, if you didn't,
1: yeah, you got kicked in
2: the to the back. And it was uh, three for two. Three seats for two players. Uh, which I was a part of, and so they came through, and they're like, uh, "Mr. Skiles, what would you like for your meal? I have this, I have that, I have that." And they get to Versace, and they go, uh, "Mr. Versace," and he had his glasses on, by the way. So you yeah. got to picture of the perm and the glasses and everything. And he <laughs> Skiles did it perfectly. So he lowered the glasses, and he looked at it, and he goes, "That's Versace." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that story always stuck with me. I go, that is beautiful. That is beautiful. Oh God, I wanted to play them. Like I, I forgot the story, but I wanted to go. Hey, Prisace, what are you doing over there? What are You got going over there with the pace. <laughs> oh, good. I tell you what, uh, the ball may be better in the NBA right now. Stories ain't.
0: No, no <laughs> stories.
2: Stories back then were incredible. Barnett
0: told me a story about Art Heyman. He was a, a best college player in the country in the like '64 got in the pros. He's a little bit of a screw loose guy and and, and never really had a great NBA career. And when he wasn't playing it might I can't remember if it was Jack McMahon coaching or not, but so they're in the back of the of the plane they, and uh, Heyman's got this card game going, right? And so I think it was McMahon comes back and goes, hey, uh, you guys going to let me in this game? And apparently Heyman was not playing at the time. He wasn't getting any time on the floor. So Heyman looks up and goes, I don't get into your game. You don't get into mine.
2: (laughs) 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 JV told me that story. Oh, (laughs) that is so good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that is Uh, so great. (laughs) uh, That is so great.
2: Oh God! All the card games and all that kind of stuff—just oh. uh, so, so good. We used to play cards all the time on the uh, on the plane. I used to play Dominique Wilkins, Terry to Harry, play poker, uh-huh. and sometimes they didn't know the games. I'd teach them as we're playing. Oh yeah! Oh, like <laughs> Here's I had to supplement my income somehow. <laughs> but the one we played—did you ever tell them what you did? To oh them? no! 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> they, they figured it out eventually, but, you know, by that time I had a couple hundred bucks in my pocket, so uh, I had to pay for beer somehow. So uh, we played this game called No Peak. So you get seven cards down, and you turn them over one at a time. Right. And the only rule is I'll turn them over until I beat the top card, and then you turn yours over until you beat my cards. Right. And then you go clockwise. So but the great thing about those guys is it didn't matter what they had. If they had a one-card chance to beat me, yeah. they would pay $100 to do it just because they couldn't they couldn't stand thinking that card could have won them the money. So right, like, right. I yeah. bet $100, they go, I'm in. Clank, thanks for the pot. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing no. to happen? Every once in a while, they'd get it. Right. And, and then then... they go, oh, this is great. See, I love this game. Because <laughs> I would get out. If I didn't have anything and I couldn't win, I'd just fold and let those guys yeah, bet their money. But eventually, the money all came to me. When I got to the Kings, they
0: were playing a game called Tonk. Tonk. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. back and, in the day. I didn't learn that one. The um, all I knew is I walked on the, the when the Kings first got their own plane, and they've got this big Tonk game going. And I kind of walked up, took a look at it, and I realized there's probably about half my year's salary
2: on that <laughs> table right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! I'll give you the last one. So okay, we're playing. Last we're, we're playing okay, with we're
0: uh, this is. By uh, the way, the Warriors beat the Heat one fifteen to yeah, 108, exactly. If you're Who wondering, as <laughs> you're dialing by.
2: <laughs> so we're coming back from. Uh, God, was it Portland? Maybe it's so It didn't really matter. So we're playing uh, between the sheets. For those that people don't know, it's in between. No, we're not now. <laughs> okay, this is on the plane. Okay, <laughs> okay, easy. <laughs> There's- so Get into those right now. people don't know what uh, between the sheets is or in between. You put down a card, and then you put down another card, and you bet what you want to bet. That's in the pot. Up to what's in the pot. Then it'll be in between those two cards. So the catch is, if the first ace comes up, you can name a higher low. So oh, you okay. always yeah, say yeah. Low, yeah. Ace. Right. low ace, low yeah. ace, because the next ace is automatically high. So the only rub here is if you match one of those cards, you double the pot. So if you go for like $200 and you match it, you got to put in $400. Ooh. So it can get pretty uh pretty steep. So we had the pot up to god, what was it? Like 4800. Yeah. Okay. It got pretty pretty steep. So it was my turn. First ace low. Next ace high. So I got another ace. I'm like, "Well, I can't lose." <laughs> I mean, well, I go, "Well, wait a minute." There's still two more aces in the deck because it was a fresh deck. I go, if I bet everything and I lose this, that's 9,600. I, I can't. I go, well, what are the chances? I go, yeah. but I can't do it. So I took like, uh, what did I take? I think I took 2,700 out of the pot, came 10. I go, I should have just taken all of it. Are you kidding me? It's ridiculous. So I the pot goes, and Nelly owes money. And he goes, You take a check? <laughs> I had a twenty-eight hundred dollar Nelly. Check. Oh, you should should have framed it. Yeah. Well, I'm not Ricky Henderson. I wanted to cash it. I needed the money. Yeah, just going to put it up up the fireplace. Like, like, no, I never cashed it. I wanted the story. Hell, I wanted the money, but it was so good. There must have been three different checks that were passed around that night. Oh. Think about that in this in today nobody would know what to do with a check now. No, back then
0: got a Venmo. We
2: had yeah, we had checks. They were passed around between uh, people, but it was so funny, Nellie telling me. You take a check, right? I said, absolutely, I take a check.
0: I'm going to leave you with this. It's just just a good thing you were playing cards with Charles Oakland.
2: Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. Well, if I
0: did, I'd pay him. Trust me. I would pay you. <laughs> that is Tom Tolbert. Thanks, everybody. Tune in for betting tomorrow. At,
2: uh... <laughs> oh, uh, see I you know, Sunday. I, I know yep. you're
0: you're uh, doubling as an Uber driver, so you gotta get to work. So. I am, yeah, absolutely. So, and I will so. see
2: you Sunday. Sunday. Hopefully, it'll be really exciting. Should be fun. <laughs> Could be fun. Wink wink. Yes.
0: See it. Then. Not done. That's Tom Tober. One fifteen, one 15108 was your final tonight, Warriors, with the win over the Miami Heat.